Fry Orthodontics presents Kevin Keatsman Has Issues. Your smile is just the start. Online at fryorthodontics.com. Looks like we finally have some answers about those three mysterious deaths in the Northland the day the Chiefs played the Chargers last month. And it's exactly what all of us thought the second we heard the story. This is so interesting because the toxicology reports are trickling back. There's some more information. It looks like cocaine and fentanyl were involved and that Jordan Willis, the man who lived in the home, is a chemist by trade. He's an AIDS researcher, a scientist. And now they're saying he's been cooking up drugs for people since high school. And something went seriously wrong. Many experts are saying if cocaine and fentanyl are mixed, a lot of people think that's a good thing as cocaine is an upper, fentanyl is a downer, and they balance each other out. That is not what happened. If you mix the two of them, it can be lethal, and that apparently is what happened here. Before we get into more details about that and what one of the cousins is saying of one of those that died, I find it interesting that there was such caution on this story in the media and such deliberation by the Kansas City, Missouri Police Department and authorities who initially said it would take eight weeks to get toxicology back. It obviously became a national story, and they began rushing the toxicology, which is never hard to do, and it seems to me... Whenever a case is in the public eye and people are talking about it, it's all over the news, just get the toxicology done. You can do it today. Push it to the front of the line, get it done, move the story on. This story should have gone away weeks ago. We were told in the beginning, you heard the information trickle out that it's bizarre. Nobody knows what happens. They froze to death. None of these kids do drugs. None of these young men do drugs. None of this, none of that. And, And you're like, wait, this is just too bizarre. This is not, three people died at the same time in a dude's backyard, and he slept for a day and a half, and nothing makes sense. And so we all immediately thought, every single one of us thought, drug overdoses. They took something together, and down they went. And maybe they didn't die for a while, but if they passed out, they froze to death. And that indeed looks like now that's what's the case. There's reporting everywhere. It's so interesting that 20 years ago in the media, there would be a a real competition and a rush within the media, especially in a place like Kansas City, and I was part of this where you'd want to get the story, you'd want to confirm the story, you'd want to speak with somebody at the coroner's office or the police department or somebody in the know. And you'd want to get that story and you'd want to break that story and say, here's what happened. Nobody wants to do that anymore. Nobody tries to do that anymore. If a story is big enough and they're looking to get it, before anybody can confirm a story, they go on social media and say, here's what I'm hearing. Like you can't, the Democrats have changed everything. You can't be wrong on a story anymore. And if you are, it's the norm. And this really started several years ago when Trump became president because the reporting on Trump was so wrong so frequently daily that the American public began to completely distrust anything they see, read, or hear. And that's kind of where we are. And the reason this story took so long for you to find out that there's cocaine and fentanyl in these people's bodies, and this is not a I'm so I'm I'm a I'm a blunt truth teller, folks. This isn't a tragedy. I'm sorry, it's not. It's a giant mistake for the police to say there's no foul play. That's wrong. To say there's no suspect, that's wrong. If Jordan Willis made these drugs, this should at least be involuntary manslaughter. He should go to jail for making these drugs and having three dead friends. He should go to jail right now. Jordan Willis, the person who lived in the home, is in rehab. Well, that would have been nice to know. We could have known that within what, 48 hours, three days of this thing? I mean, it happened. He passed out for two days from some drugs he cooked up, and he checked into rehab. We could have put this story to bed. We could have known, look, we know what happened there. 
the saddest part of the story, if there's, if there's really something sad, is that they apparently waited until nobody else was there, everybody was gone, and then they took the hard stuff. Like, if they'd done it while the Chiefs game was on, or right after, when there were, I think there were a dozen people or more at this party, if they, if they had taken it in the presence of the non-druggies, people who don't take drugs, like me, probably like you, if they'd done it in the presence of people who just like to watch a football game, have a couple of beers, or not even, maybe you're the designated driver, or maybe you don't drink at all, there were probably people there like that. Most big watch parties, that's the case. Everybody's different. But they waited until all those people were gone, and then they took the homemade drugs. If they did it when anybody was around, they would have noticed that they were passed out. They would have called 911. They would have, their lives probably would have been saved. The belief here is they didn't die for several hours, that they got really, really, really cold and then had cardiac arrests from being outside. The thought is that Jordan Willis did it with them but went back in the house. And that's where he passed out on a couch and slept until Tuesday and lived, but he didn't freeze to death. His heart didn't explode. This is just a bad story. And I'm, I'm disappointed in the police saying no foul play, that there's not an investigation for homicide. Okay, so this isn't technically homicide, but what is it? Jordan Willis needs to go to jail. We have to start taking people like this and, and really enacting on this and locking them up getting them sober, and getting them off the streets. This is dangerous. I, I Look, it's terrible. These guys shouldn't be taking drugs made by their friends. But the cousin, Caleb McGreeny, whose cousin Clayton died, Caleb says Jordan Willis has been cooking up drugs for these guys since high school. And he's in his 30s, right? So 10, 15 years, this guy's been making drugs, thinking of himself as the chemist. That's what his nickname was. Jordan's the chemist is the quote, and we all knew what happened. But nobody said, nobody reported, nobody anything. We all went really quiet on this one because we're like, oh boy. I, you know, we remembered, it. we didn't get the news really until it had been seven below, but it wasn't that cold weather for the Chargers game. It was cold. It was cold enough to freeze to death, clearly. But it wasn't what we were thinking of. We were all thinking, oh, extreme cold. You can go outside and freeze up in 15 minutes and pass out and die, even if you weren't taking anything. That's what our whole city was thinking because we had just been through the coldest spell in our lives. But that was not this day. And I remember thinking, well, that wasn't that day. I'll, I'll have to go back and look at the temperature, but I bet it wasn't lower than like 30, 20s and 30s. May have been, but I don't, I don't remember it that way. It was a very cold January. But I remember thinking when the story came out, wow, those guys all passed out on something and died. That's exactly what happened. And the only question I had was, did somebody sneak it in their drink and kill them? Because that's what we see in the movies. Or were they all just partying and took something really bad? And I think now the there's little doubt that they were all just partying and took something really bad. And it sounds like Jordan Willis did the same thing because he's in drug rehab. That story's put to bed as far as I'm concerned. And the cousin, Kayla McWinney, saying, we all know how they died. Indeed, they did. Rest in peace. It's a sad story, but it isn't a tragedy. It's self-induced. This one's pretty easy. As I told my kids when they were growing up, don't take drugs. Okay? I mean, we're at a point now where you can get drugs from the pharmacy. Doctor prescribed drugs from the pharmacy, and it can ruin your life and kill you. That's where we are. I mean, I, I'm preaching from the mountaintop. There's a lot of people that have a lot of, you know, diabetic or 
heart problems or blood pressure or whatever, and you got to take medicine. I get it. These medicines are awesome. We have incredible therapeutics. We've come so far. It's, it's amazing and it's great. But you don't take drugs for fun. You just don't. Somebody pulls out a baggie and says, eat this gummy. You're just going to do it? You don't know what's in it. They might not know what's in it. I've never understood it. I've never understood it. I, I mean, I've taken, when I was in college or in my 20s, I'd be at a party and they'd say, oh, try this. And they'd have a bottle of something and they'd pour it in a shot glass. Say, try this shot. And I'd take it and I pretty quickly over the course of several years learned what I can and cannot consume. I can't consume much. I haven't had tequila since 1983, I don't think, 1984. I just, I can't drink tequila. I can't do it. So you learn those things, but at least they're in a bottle. Like it is like it came from the liquor store, something passed through the FDA and it's sold in the stores. I don't know, man. Jordan's a chemist and these guys are dead because their buddy liked to cook up drugs for them. What an absolute shame. Oh, here's another one. This is good. This is in DC. You guys remember the, the freaky Senate aide to Ben Cardin from Maryland, Aiden Mace? Uh, the gay dude who thought it would be cool since he's an aide to Ben Cardin and works at the Senate to sneak in after hours to the Senate hearing room where they have Supreme Court confirmations. Some of the most historic Senate meetings ever have been held in that room. I believe that's the same room where you see the hearing in the movie Oppenheimer. I could be wrong. It's, 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 I mean, the people and the things that have happened in this historic room are unbelievable. This dude decides he's going to go in there one night and get naked and have sex with his boyfriend. They're going to film it. Then they're going to put it online on a gay porn site, and they're like, well, here, we're, we're going to take this up a notch. This ain't just gay porn. This is gay porn inside the Senate hearing room. These Democrats are really smart people. I mean, we're really dealing with smart people. Can you imagine a Republican aide having sex in the Senate room? And how long would they be locked up if that happened? Case in point, Richard Barnett went in on January 6th. A reporter outside, well, he was stepping inside Nancy Pelosi's office, Reporter said, you know, it'd be really a great picture is if you sat in her chair and put your feet on her desk. So he sits on, on her chair and puts the feet on the desk, being coerced by a media member to do this. He gets four years in prison for this. He was in there two minutes and out the door. This dude, Aiden, works there, goes in, makes a porn video for a gay site, and Capitol Police say no evidence of criminal activity. Wait. What? You can distribute porn inside the Capitol, from filmed inside the Capitol, and break no laws. You can trespass after hours in the Senate hearing room, and it's not trespassing. And you can get naked with your boyfriend and do all kinds of unspeakable things and put it on tape and put it on a gay site. You can do that, and there is no evidence of criminal activity. But you can't walk into Pelosi's office and have a reporter tell you, hey, sit in her chair and put your feet up on the desk. It'll be a great photo. You'll be famous. And you do it, and you get four years in prison. Honest to God, of all the things we talk about on this podcast, I have no idea how we're going to change this. I have no idea how we're going to change in America that if you're a conservative white dude, you're getting the maximum extent of the law if you're anything else, if you check any other box, we'll let you go. The, be the biggest privilege box in America is Democrat. That trumps everything. That's better than being black or Hispanic or gay or trans or anything. The best box you can check in this country is Democrat. 
And this is how they get votes. You're okay. You won't go to jail. Go take your boyfriend there and do whatever. I'm not even going to say what they do. Come on, let's get real. Go in there and do that. Get some good pictures and videos. Put it on a gay porn site. Eh, we don't see any criminal activity there. Middle-aged white guy puts his feet on Nancy Pelosi's desk four years in federal prison. Wow. Dem privilege is out of control. I got an awesome email from Spencer, my buddy over at Finch Knife Company. He sent this over. He goes, we got another dealer in the Kansas City area, and I like this. This is good. We've told you you can get Finch Knives at Shields, the Bullet Hole, and Teague Tractor in Belton. You know about those. They're always online at finchknifeco.com. He sends me this email. He goes, you're going to like this one. It's a place called Hill Creek Market. It's located in Lecompton, which is between Lawrence and Topeka, which is perfect because many of our listeners in Lawrence and Topeka are not close enough to somewhere to go see the knives in person, but you are now. I've not been to Hill Creek Market, but I'm going to go. Spencer describes this place as really cool. He says, the people who live in Lawrence, Topeka, will know what Hill Creek Market is. He said, they're smack dab between them. They're a unique boutique store that sells home goods, specialty meats, and food products. I mean, specialty meats alone has my interest at Hill Creek Market in Lecompton. They now have Finch pocket knives. So I'm not sitting here doing a commercial necessarily for Hill Creek Market, but this sounds like a fun day trip. No matter where you live in the Kansas City area, I mean, if you like to get to smaller communities, see things the way they used to be, see something unique, it sounds to me, I've not been there. Again, Hill Creek Market sounds really interesting to me. I'm really, really interested in the specialty meats, but you can see the Finch pocket knives there. So go on in there and check it out at Hill Creek Market in Lecompton. If you live in Topeka or Lawrence, that's your spot. Maybe even Ottawa, different places around. Go check it out at uh, Hill Creek Market. The Finch Knife Company is now at Hill Creek Market online at finchknifeco.com. My buddy TJ at Back Nine Development is so proud to be announcing exclusively to Kevin Keatsman as Issues listeners and people you know, if you want to share with them, that he's opening the dunes in Lansing, Kansas with eight custom lots that are all over three acres in size. That's unbelievable. There's a lake, a pond in the middle of all eight. So it's very secluded. It's a perfect spot to be a fishing hole there to build a custom home. Only eight opportunities exist. It's on the side. If you want to see it, before you call TJ, it's on the southeast corner of Eisenhower and 162nd Street in Lansing. The final plat went before the commission last night. And when it's publicly available, we'll let you know right now, it's privately available because you listen to this podcast. Call TJ. If you're a home builder and want to build a home there, I don't know if he's taking outside builders or not, but he might work with you. You might be able to sell you a lot. You've got, you've got a customer, work together, something like that. TJ Vilkanskis at Back 9 Development, 785-236-0161. He's also completely renovating an old apartment complex in Manhattan. Uh, the lofts at 1700. They've gutted everything, the outside and exterior concrete. They're redoing the whole thing. They're becoming condos in Manhattan, sold individually with a starting point of 249. The two buildings will feature a newly added elevator. It's perfect to own if you have college students going to K-State. There's a profession, uh, professional area right nearby for people who want a second home or sporting events or things like that. The lofts at 1700 start at 249. Brand new renovated condos in Manhattan on Manhattan Avenue. Back9development.com. And I'm getting out hitting golf balls today. Period. End of statement. I didn't do it yesterday. I thought I was going to. I didn't do it. I got busy. But I am going to find a couple hours this afternoon before the sun goes down to at least go to the range over at Falcon Ridge and hit some golf balls. It's part of the Great Life collection of golf courses. 
If you'd like to join for a monthly membership fee and play all the golf you want, contact Great Life at 913-802-4552. If you call Falcon Ridge, ask for Jay. If you call Canyon Farms, ask for Leanne. It's pretty simple. There's all kinds of courses around town. Prairie Highlands, Staley Farms, Tallgrass in Wichita, destination clubs like Osage National at the Lake of the Ozarks. You have the right to play them all. Sometimes for a very tiny fee, the ones outside of your home club. Great Life Golf is the website. Go to greatlifekc.com and play more golf. Play more golf. Uh, the libs are on to something new that we didn't see coming. The hardcore libs are apparently having panic attacks over Supreme Court Justice Sonia Sotomayor. Sotomayor is 69 years old. She's a hardened leftist, wackadoodle leftist, who's been on the court for 15 years. She recently said in a speech at Cal Berkeley that she's tired and frustrated on the court because there's six conservatives on there. The UC Berkeley law professor that runs the department that invited her to speak has spoken publicly and referred to the Supreme Court as partisan hacks and says he has physical ailments over every ruling, that it physically makes him sick when the Supreme Court rules on something because he knows there's six conservatives on there. You have a problem. It may be time to move to another country. If it makes you physically sick when the Supreme Court decides something, you have a problem. This is their, this is their political game. They're inciting this, especially in young women and college students. You must be sickened by the Supreme Court because it does not fit what is okay in this country. There are conservatives on that court, and they cannot, their rulings are all wrong. So Sotomayor has now said publicly she's tired and frustrated working on the court, and she's 69. And she's not really fit. Can we just be nice? She's a heinous-looking woman. She looks like she's miserable every second of every day, like literally miserable, like she's spent her whole life being miserable. Like she studied books, she learned the law, she's worked, but she looks like she's never had any fun in her life. And unfortunately for her, no man of any repute has ever been attracted to her. That's, that's unfortunate. That's part of the DNA lottery that we all live in. She got the brains to become a Supreme Court justice. She can't really pick on somebody that's been able to do that. So apparently she's tired and frustrated and not really very healthy. She's turning 70. And so now the libs are like, you got to quit, girl. You got to quit because Uncle Joe over here, he ain't winning in November. And we're going to get four years of Trump. And if you get sick and croak, which it kind of looks like you might be able to do, <laughs> we are screwed. They're like, you got to. <laughs> Ruth Bader Ginsburg staying till she was 112 was the. The end for Democrats of the court. They just lost their minds over this one. They're like, whoa, we got to get Sotomayor off this thing before November. I mean, they're like on her. Get out, get out, get out. You don't want to be there anyway. You're complaining about the work. You don't like the work. Go. Retire. Let us find a 49-year-old replacement, please. The Supreme Court. Wow. Speaking of nutty Swifties, nutty girls, nutty young women... I'm not categorizing all women. It's the young women that are the problem in elections, clearly. The U.S. women's national soccer team had Megan Rapino on there for several years, and she was wackadoodle. We all know about her uh, mangling the flag, standing on it, st stomping on it, kneeling for the anthem, 
unbelievable comments, hating America, doesn't mind if men compete in her sport, if they call themselves trans. All these crazy liberal Karens have just been on fire on this team. And then Rapino's gone. We're like, okay, she's gone. That's cool. Maybe it's going to even out and we'll get back to where we would actually cheer this team on. But no, that's not really what they want to do. The U.S. Women's National Soccer Team captain is Lindsey Horan. H-O-R-A-N. Lindsey Horan is the new team captain. And she did an interview with The Athletic where she just decided she's going to take over for Rapino and double down on everything. She said, quote, I'm going to piss people off and I don't care. And quote, okay, great. L- look, the only fans you have are liberals. The conservatives have left you. They didn't like soccer that much to begin with. But when we found out, when, when conservatives found out how much the sport of soccer is this part of one world, it's one globe, one sport. We want soccer to be the biggest sport in America because it's the sport that the globe plays that everyone on earth plays. That's not the way I look at it. I love football and baseball because they're America's games and basketball. These are ours. These are uniquely ours, and we've exported them. That's what we do. We invent really kick-ass crap in this country, and we export it all over the world because we're badasses. That's what I love about America. But soccer players, they're like, oh, we want the whole, we want to play the world's game. I'm going to go over here and kick the ball and play the world's game. And soccer fans love one world. And they wish there was just one government, one love, one peace. And so this dimwit, Lindsey Oren, goes on to say in the interview about American soccer fans that they're just not good enough for her. She's better than them. Quote, American soccer fans, most of them aren't smart. Unquote. Well, hell no, they're not smart. They're liberals. They're all liberals. They can't be smart. They're lemmings. They're sheep. <laughs> they can't be smart. There's no uh, common sense. There's no critical thought. There's no looking at both sides and saying, well, which of these is better? Open borders and cops getting their ass kicked in New York are not having open borders. They can't do that. They're not capable of that. They, they're so touchy-feely that they just think everything will work out okay if you're just nice to people. That ain't how it works. I give her credit for speaking out. I always applaud people in their First Amendment rights, free speech. I think that's great. People in sports who say things, awesome. Now, maybe she's not a liberal. Maybe she's a conservative with a free mind and a big open tongue. And when she's saying they're not smart, she's really talking about their soccer intelligence, not their intelligence overall. So I got to put that caveat on there. But we got a new lightning rod in America. The new captain of the women's soccer team, Lindsey Horan says American soccer fans are not smart. Uh, they're going to announce the World Cup matches this Sunday in Kansas City. They'll have a big event. I think it's the Power and Light District. We could get four matches here in Kansas. Well, we could get six, but I, th- I think we're guaranteed four for the gazillions of dollars we're going to be spending. If you want to go to the World Cup, that's down the road. That'll be ticketsforless.com. You'll want to go there to get your tickets. But if you want to get to Allen Fieldhouse, For the Kansas-Houston game on Saturday, your best chance right now is ticketsforless.com. We're going to be talking about this game in just a moment. Ticketsforless.com has great seats to Allen Fieldhouse. They also have them in uh, Columbia and Manhattan. If you're going back for a game, check them out. Use the promo code KKHI. You will always save 5 to 15% at ticketsforless.com. Kansas versus Houston, 4 versus 8. Big game in the Big 12. If you want to go, it's ticketsforless.com. Don't forget, they're your Super Bowl headquarters. And they would like to personally work with you if you're interested in the Super Bowl game itself or anything around the Super Bowl in Vegas. A concert, an event, 
parties, tickets to those things. Tickets for us would like to help you personally. You should just call them. 685-3322. It's a local person. 913-685-3322. They have a couple of people dedicated just to Super Bowl and Super Bowl activities. If you're going, mention the podcast and you I promise you're going to get 5% off your entire order no matter what you get. You might get more than that. Just mention the podcast, ticketsforless.com. Window World, simply the best for less. American-made windows, 0% financing, and the official windows of your big game-bound Kansas City Chiefs. We love that. They come with the lifetime warranty. Windows Kansas City is the website, windowskansascity.com. If you'd like free analysis and estimate and never any pressure and award-winning customer service, it is Window World, simply the best for less. North Kansas City Dental is online at nkcdental.com. Dr. Bill Bush is my dentist. He could be your dentist too. Why isn't he? your dentist. Two locations, one in Missouri, one in Kansas. That seems to work pretty good. Call 816-471-2911 and switch to a sports-loving conservative dentist today, Dr. Bill Bush at nkcdental.com. Okay, my big sports topic here heading into the weekend is something to think about because it applies on many levels. The Chiefs are getting ready to play the 49ers in the Super Bowl. And there's a lot of talk about how the Chiefs weren't very good earlier this year, and that's true. They didn't do the little things. They dropped passes. They committed penalties. They made mistakes. Mahomes was forcing the ball. Looked as bad as he's ever looked in his career. Since Christmas Day, which isn't that long ago, six weeks ago, they have righted the ship. They have played exceptional football in the postseason. And they've been unbeatable. And so you ask yourself, why and how does this happen in sports? And I don't want to look at either of those today. I want to analyze what this means and what is important in sports. Because I'm going to tie this into college basketball in just a moment. But here's what we know right now. This cannot be argued. The team playing the best football in the NFL is the Kansas City Chiefs. This is not close. This is not close. Now, that doesn't guarantee them a win next Sunday. But remember, the goal of any team at any time is to play your very best at the end. You make every decision regarding injuries, roster, rotations, in any sport. The 2014 Royals are an example. At the All-Star break, we filled three days on the air talking about firing Ned Yost. They almost won the World Series. They swept through the playoffs, and they got to the World Series and lost to Madison Bumgarner that year, and they came back next year and won the World Series. Why? They made some changes. They acquired some players. They found their groove. They were healthy. Just a a whole bunch of things happened for the Royals. Was it lightning in a bottle? Yeah, it only lasted a couple of years, but it was glorious. They worked toward that. They got there, and they were sensational. And that's what sports, to me, has always been. It's why I've always loved football, but the other sports are that way, too. We knock the NBA all the time, but let's be honest. A lot of teams phone it in during the regular season. People's complaint is you watch an NBA game and it doesn't seem like it means anything. It's not important. It looks like they're phoning it in. When the postseason comes, you can really tell. The NFL doesn't look like that. The Chiefs go out every week and it looked like they were trying their hardest every single week, even though they weren't executing. But we can look back now and say it was a work in progress. Andy Reid has said it wasn't always pretty. This is what you do in sports. You work toward your best at the end. And the Chiefs are there. I bring this up because Kansas is hosting Houston tomorrow. And here's what I think right now. We know earlier this year, Kansas had some marquee wins. Relative to how everyone was playing, Kansas was the best. They were ranked number one. They were the best in the country. 
relative to how everybody's playing now, Kansas is not the best. So in this particular year, their progression, okay, because let's, let's be honest, they're better right now than they would have been their first game. Everybody gets better. It's how much better do you get? So their progression has not been as steep a climb as other teams and other programs. Now, the flip side of that is Kansas State and Missouri early on looked like they were viable NCAA tournament teams. And what have they done? They flatlined and everybody's gone right around them. Missouri looks downright terrible, but they're not worse right now than they were earlier this year. They just haven't gotten any better. And everybody's going around them. That happens in sports and we never talk about it. You may think Missouri's getting worse every week. They're not. I promise you Missouri right now would beat Missouri of October because they've been practicing and doing and all these other things. You just, everybody at least stays the same until there's some quit involved. And maybe that happens with Missouri. Maybe they give up. Maybe it does get ugly. Kansas State is still playing hard, but they can't beat anybody. Okay? They were beating some decent teams earlier this year. They won some road games. They all, they, they oh my God, they blew it at Texas Tech, which is like Texas in first place, right? Or second, right behind Houston. They blew it at the buzzer to win that game. And they, were, they were right there with everybody, and they have gotten no better over the last five weeks, and everybody else is getting better. The Kansas-Houston game is merely a snapshot of where they are tomorrow. I don't know what's going to happen. Kansas is undefeated at home. They've won 16 straight at Allen Fieldhouse. But they're 1-3 and three on the road. At the end of the year, the last game of the year is Kansas at Houston. So they're going to play twice. And most people would say right now, these look like the two best teams for the NCAA tournament, although Kansas hasn't been that because they haven't been able to win on the road. Houston's defense is ridiculous. Their athleticism's off the chart. I don't know where Kansas is. Kansas on the road has not been good, but my God, the other night against Oklahoma State, they look like the best team in the country playing at Allen Fieldhouse. My guess would be Kansas beats Houston at Allen Fieldhouse. But remember, all of this with Kansas and their losses and what's happened with them is only a snapshot of where they are. January just ended. Now it's February, and that's still a month for Bill Self to improve his team from where he wants it to be. We've seen this before. Maybe not these extremes. We've seen this before. And Bill Self has been around long enough that all he's trying to do is Andy Reid this bunch. Let's get to March and be a force. And if we're a three or a four seed, we're a three or four seed. It isn't like Kansas won't have the players to go beat a one. They will. They absolutely can. And they may be the worst seeded team in the tournament. If Kansas goes in at a three or four, there's a chance if they go win the Big 12 tournament or whatever, that they're the best team in the country at that point. That still is possible. It's always important to remember that what you're seeing in a regular season is only a snapshot of how good you are versus everyone else right now. It's not relative to October, and it certainly isn't relative to March. I, I, I don't know why I feel compelled to bring that up. I, I think the reason I feel compelled is I don't talk about that enough. And the Super Bowl looming next week is certainly a classic example of that. The Niners had a four-game losing streak at one point, didn't they? Where they couldn't beat anybody. And their defense, which has all kinds of talent and was thought to be a real strength of their team, apparently can't stop any good offenses right now. Right now. I mean, the Ravens lit them up a few weeks ago and scored 36 on them or whatever it was. They, they just haven't been able to stop offenses. So it all looks great for the Chiefs. What we know about the Chiefs is they are playing the best they've played all year, and what they're doing right now is better than anything any team has done all season. I don't care about the Ravens' regular season. I don't care about the Eagles' 9-0 start or 9-1 start or whatever it was. I don't care about any of that crap. Stuff's meaningless. 
I remember the Chiefs starting 9-0 one year and not even winning a playoff game. In 13-3 and three years where they were the one seed and didn't win a home playoff game. That was common. It doesn't matter. And something tells me Bill Self will turn his team around. A lot of you think maybe it's not close or it just isn't there or something's missing. And it does look like something's been missing, like a true point guard or a spark plug or a guy that can make that pass or create that opportunity. Some of that's been missing. But mostly, Kansas problems this year have been self-inflicted like the Chiefs. Kansas goes out on the road, turns it over 16 times, and loses. That's self-inflicted. Don't turn it over. Cut that number down to eight or nine, and even if you only make three more baskets and get foul on one of those, that's eight more points. Well, they go out on the road and lose by five. If you cut the turnovers by seven or eight, you're going to win the game. It's pretty simple, and Bill Self knows it. These things in sports are not as complicated as people in sports want you to think they are. Kansas is fixable. K-State, Missouri, I think they're cooked. I think neither one of them is going to make the tournament, I think, this season. Locally here is all about the Kansas Jayhawks, and that is that. On to the Chiefs. That's fun. Andy Reid at his news conference this week, Kansas City news conference, because he'll be doing one every day out in Vegas. This is a great money line. When asked about the success of his team and da 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 and all these things, quote, Brett Veach does the hard stuff, unquote. It's a match made in heaven. And this is Andy's boy now. All right, he sat there and saw him and fired John. Andy Reid fired John Dorsey and said, I want Brett Veach to run this thing. The second Veach had, you know, Veach for apparently two years was running around saying, Mahomes, Mahomes, Mahomes. And they got to the draft and he talked everybody into doing it. They're like, that's enough. He's going to be our uh, GM. We've seen enough. We, we get, yeah, yeah, you're the guy. That's pretty cool. So Andy Reid saying Brett Veach does the hard stuff is a really nice way of saying he's great at his job. I still think coaching has to be harder than talent scouting and acquisition, but it, it's close to being even. The Chiefs are an underdog. Andy Reid said, quote, we haven't had that. It lit a fire under some guys, including me. So yeah, Andy Reid's ticked off that they've been as great as they've been, and they're underdogs again against the San Francisco 49ers. Patrick Mahomes has been body shamed all week long nationally on every social media site, websites that aren't like real sports, but like, you know, TMZ and, and gossip sites and People Magazine. Everybody's talking about his dad body. He took out their picture from the locker room last week, and he's got a gut. Patrick Mahomes is not in great shape. Patrick Mahomes has never been in great shape, despite the Adidas commercials you watch where he's working out and doing whatever. And he finally told the truth in his news conference yesterday because he's been fat shamed, and it's coming. There is a day coming that Patrick Mahomes will be a workout freak and you won't believe how good he looks. And he will be even, because they were talking about, hey, you got bent backwards and you didn't get hurt. And he's like, yeah, I work with a trainer. No, what happened was it was clean. He didn't get his spikes caught. His knees were bending in the right direction. That was just kind of lucky that he didn't get hurt there because he wasn't twisting. All right, that's an athletic move on his part. It's just kind of a, it's uh, instinctive. What he did was instinctive, and he helped himself to not get hurt on that play. That was not from his workouts, folks. It was not. He's an instinctive football player. You've seen it. He's thrown the ball left-handed and completed passes, all right? He's an instinctive player. He instinctively knows how to protect his body and do things, and he's pretty good at that. So I give him all the credit in the world for that, for having instincts to play the game. But it is not his working out. We saw the beer gut. He's done a great favor for dad bods everywhere. Us dads out there, a little dad bod. Now I'm looking pretty good. I got my weight down to high school weight. 
I'm, I'm doing great. I feel great. I'm doing great, but I'm not toned. All right. I still got a little Dunlap's disease over the top of the underwear, the little elastic belt. I still got a little bit right there. It's, it's more like at this point, loose skin than fat, but whatever. I feel okay. I feel pretty good about myself. 59 years old. This dude, greatest football player anybody's ever seen, and he's got a dad bod. Yesterday at the news conference, he was asked about the trainer and all this. He goes, yeah, getting the trainer and doing this was, quote, directed towards me because I hate doing it, unquote. Well, it's pretty obvious you hate doing it. It's pretty obvious Mahomes doesn't run much, and it's pretty obvious he doesn't do sit-ups. But I don't care. He's going to win another Super Bowl. What do I care? Now, this is a real problem in a few years. You can get away with this when you're 27, 28 years old. You cannot get away with this when you're 33 or older. He's got about sometime in the next five years, he's going to look in the mirror and go, oh, boy, this game's getting harder. I got to do something. And he's going to be in the best shape you've ever seen. He'll become a freak about it because at that point, he's going to be chasing history, real history. And that is quite a motivator. Mark Andrews is a tight end for the Baltimore Ravens. The Chiefs, it is quite possible that the Chiefs beating the Ravens saved a woman's life. On a flight from Baltimore to Phoenix this week, Mark Andrews was flying when a woman had a seizure. She falls into the aisle. He says, I'm diabetic. I've got, a, I've got an insulin. I've got a kit that I carry with me. Maybe that's her issue. Let's test her. He runs to her aid. There is a nurse on the plane as well, and eventually a doctor. And the kit that he brought on board saved her life, they believe. He's not taking any credit. He put a wonderful statement out that said, no, no, the real heroes, the nurse, the doctors that did everything. You know, the, the headline story here is Raven's tight end saves woman's life. Well, he had a very important thing in his carry-on bag that they needed. That's true. They, she was... Uh, gathered up by paramedics when they landed, and she's going to be just fine. Really cool story there. But if the Ravens win, he's not on that flight. Mm. The Raiders have hired Cliff Kingsbury, Patrick Mahomes' college coach, who couldn't win games with Patrick Mahomes as his quarterback. Hey, there's a good move. That's, that's so Raider-like. Let's hire the guy that knows Mahomes but couldn't win with him. <laughs> Cliff Kingsbury... He's the luckiest white guy I ever met. Like, you, you, if you want to say white privilege, he might be it. I don't know how your life can be any better than Cliff Kingsbury's because he's not a very good coach. He's just not. And he just keeps getting hired and making more and more millions. And I don't think he's gotten married. He's living a playboy life. He's got this mansion he lives in in Scottsdale or did in Scottsdale. And when he got fired and they owed him $40 million or whatever, he went to Thailand for six weeks with some girl. Just took off, said, I'm gone, I'm out. Might have been longer than that. Unplugged from football in the NFL, just took this, I don't know, probably Arizona State student with him. And let's go. Cliff Kingsbury is not a serious coach, folks. He's just not. He's not a serious coach. Now, maybe at some point he grows up and is a serious coach, but he's not a serious coach. I'm not bad-mouthing him. He's not a criminal. He just wants to live the good life. He's got millions. Good for him. He doesn't aspire to greatness. He obviously was in this to make as much money as possible and live the best life he can. There are people like that. I'm okay with that. Hell, I might be that guy if I were him. I don't know. 
it's hard to take the Raiders seriously when they hire Cliff Kingsbury as their offensive coordinator. Our final final today is brought to you by Roberts Robinson, Chevrolet, GMC, and Excelsior Springs, home of the lifetime warranty online at robertsrobinson.com. Ideal Health, KC, Regenerative Medicine. Let your body work for you through blood spinning, patch therapy, ozone therapy, or your body's own tissue through stem cells. <laughs> Dr. Van Camp has published multiple journals around the world about regenerative medicine. There is nobody in Kansas City with more experience in this field. It's located in Shawnee at K7 and Shawnee Mission Parkway. You owe it to yourself to consult with Dr. Van Camp if you're living in pain. 913-745-5300, idealhealthkc.com. And advanced medical imaging, my friends, at medimageks.com. We'll do a heart scan for you to get your plaque score. If you're 40 or over and you've not done this, it's out of pocket. It's only about 100 bucks. It, only ta- it takes less than 10 minutes in and out the door. Make your appointment. Go to advanced medical imaging and find out if you've got any blockage or plaque around your heart. When they do this, they see all the other important organs in your torso. They refer the entire thing to your doctor or their doctor. If you want to do it there, they have doctors there as well. You can use them as your family practice if you want. Dr. Suber and others are there. So you can just refer it right to the doctor there and say, what do you see? And they'll say, we don't see anything. Or you know what? We see this little thing on your lung. We might want to get this checked out. So it's important. This is, this is, the, like this is the cheapest way to find out really how healthy you are. Because what matters more than the organs from the top of your chest to the belt line? And they see them all with this scan. And I don't know why anybody wouldn't do this every couple of years. Call 785-856-0224 or online at medimageks.com. Our final final is Punxsutawney Phil in Punxsutawney, Pennsylvania at Gobbler's Knob. I feel like I need a hoodie that says Gobbler's Knob. I don't know why that either makes me laugh or repulses me that there is a place called Gobbler's Knob. But every year on this date, Punxsutawney Phil is released, and if he sees no shadow, there will be an early spring. And he saw no shadow today, and we will have an early spring all across North America, according to Punxsutawney Phil. This is the fourth straight time in a presidential election year that Punxsutawney Phil has no shadow and an early spring. How about that? Presidential years and Punxsutawney Phil. The movie Groundhog Day is one of the most overrated movies in the history of time. I watched it at the theater. I was a big Bill Murray fan. I've watched it a time or two years and years and years ago afterwards on, you know, late night on cable or whatever, or on HBO when it was on. It's just not that good. Great premise. It's a cult classic. Some people absolutely love it. Just love it. And I'm just not there. I just don't get it. I just don't get it. Thank you, Punxsutawney Phil. Uh, we got a couple of new members to the patrons program this week by going to kksissues.com. I got them signed up. If you sign up this week, I will forward the newsletter to you. I put the newsletter out last night instead of this weekend. So if you sign up today, I'll forward you the newsletter from last night because you don't get the whole library of newsletters. You do get the entire library of all the patron podcasts immediately. So we did a patron pod, we did three patron podcasts this week. You'll get all of those, and I will personally forward you the newsletter if you sign up today. We'll get that out there for you. Go to kkasissues.com, click on Become a Patron, and don't forget... Use the patron program to support various local charities. And if you have one, if you're a patron, or if you want to sign up to be a patron, you have a charity that's important to you, let us know. We'd love to help support them at Kevin Keatsman has issues. 
Kevin Keatsman Has Issues has been presented by Roberts Robinson Chevrolet GMC and is produced by Crooked Tail Media. Please hit the like or follow button wherever you listen or give us a review. For premium content podcasts and weekly newsletter, join as a patron at kkhasissues.com for as little as $5 a month. Support all our sponsors and other conservative businesses at the kklist.com. This has been a production of Cricket Tail Media Incorporated.